Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode number 224 of the Spoiler Alert podcast, brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. Tonight, Danny and I are going to be discussing the new indie darling, critically acclaimed film, Eighth Grade, written and directed by Bo Burnham, starring Elsie Fisher, and edited by Jennifer Lilly. Danny, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I love how you you weren't quite sure how you wanted to describe yeah. these movies. You're like, it's the new uh, action film. thriller. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, Bo Burnham, I did not know much about before having seen the movie and doing almost no research, as is our habit. But I did take the time to learn that Bo Burnham starred. I guess that's using the word loosely. Uh, he was in the movie The Big Sick. He was one of the male comics oh, with Kumail Nanjiani, the one okay. who was going to move to New York. Got it. With he and A.D. Bryant. So that's Bo Burnham. I, d- I did not know that either. Uh, right. I knew very little about him. coming, And he's like really young too, isn't he? Like 27 years old, at least when whoa, the whoa, movie whoa. was made? I said I did almost no research. Got it. What's with All right, the, moving on. Here? Moving on. Jeez. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, this is a – you said it is an indie darling, and I think that's a fair description. This this movie now holds the record in 2018 for the highest per theater screen average hmm. uh, in its opening weekend. It was like $63,000 per screen it. when it debuted in two screens. Uh, but it actually beat Isle of Dogs, the Wes Anderson film from earlier this spring, which was the second biggest – of the year. It may also be the final movie that I ever saw with Movie Pass because I actually did use Movie Pass to see this film. And hey, now you really can't that. see movies on Movie Pass. So, uh, premiered at Sundance early this year. Yes. Went wide, I guess you would say, in July, though it, it wasn't in theaters a very long time. I mean, I saw it, a f- you saw it a few weeks later. I saw it maybe a week after that. I don't see it in theaters in Dallas here any longer. Uh, so, we had a a brief window of time to catch it, but yeah, it's getting huge reviews. Great reviews, uh, very, very high critical acclaim. And you mentioned uh, the Sundance Film Festival. This week also marked the Venice Film Festival and the Telluride Film Festival. And while we are entering sort of the fall dead zone of movies in the theaters now, you know, those two film festivals really started were like the launch of the award season hopefuls. Right, right. So Damien Chazelle's First Man yep. uh, debuted to to great acclaim. Uh, Alf- Alfonso Cuaron's Roma, which is actually on Netflix, but will get a, a theatrical release, uh, also saw a, a lot of praise. And uh, Hugh Jackman's new new movie uh, written and directed by Jason Reitman called The, the Front Runner about right. Gary Hart's presidential campaign. So lots of cool movies sort of coming our way. Lots to get excited about, even though none of them are available today. Right. Correct. Uh, though, to be fair, eighth grade, obviously getting a lot of Oscar buzz already as well, especially for screenplay and Elsie Fisher. Well, let's start with a quick plot recap. Um, I'm going to try and keep this tight because I, I would just say... Eighth grade is about eighth grade. Uh, and there are certainly many things that happen to uh, the character that Elsie Fisher plays. Her name is Kayla. She's an eighth grader during, uh, and the whole movie takes place during her last week of middle school. But what happens, I feel like, is sort of besides the point. This movie is about a young, insecure, sort of socially awkward teen or preteen who has difficulty making friends, who isn't well-connected, lives with her divorced single dad, 
and sort of lives this almost like a double life posting videos on YouTube meant to be aspirational or motivational to other kids where she gives advice, but she really can't take her own advice. And she seems sort of incapable of connecting the way she'd like to. And this movie just explores the awkward, uncomfortable agony that is eighth grade. And there are things that happen from boys to uh, getting ready for high school. There's a a subplot with a a time capsule that the seventh grade Kayla had made a a time capsule uh, that the eighth grade Kayla would would open. Um, Like all those things that they're just you know, ticks on a timeline, but not huge plot points. But, right. but at the end, the word I, plot is almost sort of you're playing fast and loose with it in a film like this, in in a way, right? I mean, it's, it really it's was. meant to it's capture like a feeling, an emotion, yeah. not not a series of events, for sure. And um, now, this is a spoiler alert. And as a parent of daughters, I was very nervous to see this movie. I will spoil it for the people and just say the movie ends with Kayla making a friend. And recording another video for herself, um, for her future high school student self, just saying, you know, you got to stay, stay positive, hang in there, and uh, you'll be able to persevere through tough times ahead. Yeah. So it ends on sort of a hopeful note. So anybody who saw the movie 13 uh, a few years back and was scared straight or never wanted to have kids <laughs> or was just terrified for all of humanity, you don't have to be that nervous about eighth grade. I did enjoy the movie. I sweat through most of this movie. Mm-hmm. I was really nervous and apprehensive and uncomfortable and awkward. And I think that's what the movie's supposed to do. I think, but it it was really it was a good movie, well made, well acted. But I just it's uncomfortable. It's, it's a little it, yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very quick. Yet you're in pain for so much of it that it feels longer than the ninety minutes. Sit. I jotted down. This is almost like a super long extended version of that phone message that John Favreau leaves in the movie Swingers when like you <laughs> yes. you have to avert yeah. your eyes because it's just going so tragically wrong and that's kind of like every conversation that poor Elsie has with anybody her age it's just yeah. it's, I, I said the exact same thing I also jotted down the movie 13 uh, as a movie that had 15 years ago, scared me straight, made me terrified to ever be the father of a daughter. But I think that there's parts of this movie that are almost scarier than what you witness in the movie 13. 13 is such an extreme. It's, you know, girls that are cutting themselves and shoplifting and hooking up with random sex, all, all this sort of stuff. This isn't that, but 15 years ago, we didn't have the internet as as prevalent right. in our lives as it is today. And I think that this is a really cautionary tale about how the internet and social media specifically can really exacerbate kids' feelings of anxiety. And there's this need today that didn't exist 15 years ago for kids to like curate their own, their own identity, their own brand, their own mystique. And I was just saying... Yikes. 13 scared the hell out of me, but this is, like, real. This isn't just a, a one-off. This is sort of every every kid this age now. It is, and uh, it is tough to watch at times. Um, I mean, I, I appreciate Bo Burnham, the writer-director, giving us Kayla as a good kid who's trying her best, who who doesn't ask for much. 
you know, as a character, she just sort of wants to, she wants to fit in. She wants to kind of move on through life. She's not looking to make waves. She's not trying to be somebody um, who's in your face, even though she makes these videos, but they have like two views. You know, it's probably like her dad and and one other person. Um, but, but the struggle is real, but all those, and all those challenges, I mean, we, of course I, we all went through eighth grade and I, I felt like when you think back on eighth grade and you think about the awkward encounters you had and the, the social situations that gave you, um, you know, high anxiety at the time, it's like, you just, I wanted to shout at the screen to Kayla, like, don't worry, yeah, you'll get right, through it. Right. Like, and that's why I felt like the it's whole not movie, like, like this I, forever. I knew we'd get through it together, but geez, it's a 93 minute movie. But to me, it felt like hours long yeah. because I just was climbing the walls. I just wanted to hit fast forward and get through it. And I think that that's, I think that's a really interesting comment too, is, you know, like we're, we're guys and I don't feel like there's any difference in relating to this, this sad sort of awkward 13 year old girl. Like, I mean, the, the feelings and experiences of boys and girls of that age, I think can be remarkably similar you referenced the dad, uh, who's played by Josh Hamilton in the movie. I think that he was awesome. I I wrote down that I thought he was the greatest movie dad since Darren McGavin in A Christmas Story, who I just think is like <laughs> the penultimate movie dad. Right. There's a scene where she's been out for a night with friends and it takes a bad turn, goes wrong, and she comes home very, very upset late in the very night. Very distraught, yep. He's awake and... Him running, rushing into her bedroom to comfort her as she's crying next to her bed is a, a scene acted uh, without even dialogue at that point. It's just a blaring soundtrack that you're hearing in the back room, drowning out whatever conversation they're actually having. And I found that part very, very moving. I thought that he was a, a great dad and acted both the two of them together were great. I agree. The acting was excellent. I agree. He was uh, a very good dad with the exception of... And I'm just going to jump ahead here to a what's up with what's up with. So first of all, one of the scenes that that we get is Kayla attending a pool party Mm -hmm. hosted by a popular girl. And clearly this is a popular wealthy girl and everyone's in swimsuits and two pieces. So like already, you know, this is just going to be uncomfortable. You know, this is like a social um, uh, firing squad type of situation, you know. Kayla's not comfortable. Now she's got to put her swimsuit on. You can tell she's not comfortable there. Dad knows that he doesn't know this girl. He drops her off and then she calls him later to like come get her. And he says, I can pick you up in like an hour and a half. And I just think, no way. This dad, he is patrolling the blocks nearby. (laughs) He is at a coffee shop a quarter of a mile away because he knows this is really a crazy situation. He's proud of Kayla for even trying, but he knows if she needs him, he needs to be there. And I thought that was such a a weird note of like, really? He just took off? Yeah. That's weird. He can't be this clueless. I mean, especially since there is a scene subsequent to that where he does, in fact, spy on her when she's out with friends at the shopping mall. Yes, so, at the mall. So yeah. clear, yeah, clearly, I think that I think that you were meant to assume that he was actually friends with 
her the the popular girl's mother and so maybe because of that he felt comfortable leaving uh, her there maybe. because they seemed to know each other from some previous school function or something like that but it did seem a little bit out of place what's up with this movie being an awful lot like ladybird in a lot a lot of ways i i think that it's i think that the popularity of this film is particularly head-scratching to me, not because I don't think it was well-acted, well-written, and and incredibly well-made, but because it seems almost carbon of the movie Lady Bird. Now, Lady Bird, of course, came out probably when this movie was in post-production, already to be released. It premiered at Sundance. Right, right. I I don't think anybody was lifting anything from anybody here. But same same concept, right? Lady Bird was the final week of high school, the year of high school for yep. for this girl who's kind of quirky and awkward and and coming of age at that time. Almost same musical style of of both movies, kind of weird, oh, funky, new, original sort of pop sounding stuff to fit an era. I I guess to me, it they almost seemed like companion pieces. They do have a lot of similarities, and they're both, you know, directorial debuts. That was for Greta Gerwig. This is for Bo Burnham. Last year, we also saw uh, Jordan Peele's Get Out. So we've had some notable, big, like, bold debuts from some some filmmakers in the last few years. Definitely worth talking about. And this one, you're right, has a lot of similarities to that. Um, one thing that, I, that did bother me, though, is... Um, about this film is that it's rated R and it's rated R for probably more, more so the sexual content where Kayla is sort of toying with the idea that she's going to send naked pictures to a boy or he asks her straight up if she gives blow jobs and then she spends a a sequence trying to figure out what that is and how to do that. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, Bo Burnham and the, the distributor first, they tried to fight the R rating and then when they got the R rating, they actually got theaters to show this movie for free nationwide one night and encouraged all kids to go to the theater, even if you're under 17, to try and get in. And I think there was some sort of tacit agreement with the theaters where they were just going <laughs> to let kids in. That's really ballsy. That's right? kind of so insane. Like, it felt like, wow, like, I mean, I, I get that the rest of the film, I mean, I think there might have been one or two curse words, but this isn't like 13. No, no. No, no. The thematic material is so dark that you couldn't imagine an eighth grader watching it. It's just, this is, I think, largely what eighth graders are going through today. So nothing in here should be too out of bounds for their natural experiences. Um, but it just felt like a weird decision from like the distributor, the studio, and for Bo Burnham to like actively subvert the rating and try and that is- encourage kids to break this rule it's and go kind of it. unheard of now going yeah. into it i knew almost nothing about it i'd seen the preview there the trailer and in, in theaters a, a few times um and that was really my extent on it and then the week before i was going to see it my wife told me that she had been uh get, gotten together with a neighbor who had just gone and seen it and loved it and raved about it and took her daughter to see it who i think is high school Maybe maybe now a high school graduate. And okay. and her comment to Christy was that she wouldn't have taken a child any younger than her own daughter. And there are a couple of scenes in the movie where I had seen what were clearly mothers and daughters or aunts and nieces or something like that where they got up and left at certain points. Like they'd been alerted to this many minutes in... 
maybe go get a refill or use the restroom <laughs> for six to seven minutes and then and yeah, then yeah. return. And and what, I guess what I found remarkable remarkable about that, having witnessed that in theater, number one, I don't often see that type of right. thing, and then two, nothing really comes of it, right? So like I think that it, it's it's sort of the scenes in in and of themselves were pretty benign. I'm shocked at the R rating because there there was nothing graphic, there was no nudity, there were there were hints and some things alluded to, but this is not a gross out comedy. This isn't even Mean Girls, you know. This is right. this is right. a totally different thing. Yep. So other than that, I mean, I, I enjoyed the the acting. I thought it was really well made. I thought it was really well written. Uh, very emotionally impactful to me. And uh, like I said, I was climbing the walls and sweating and waiting for this thing to just be over because yeah. of the stress of uh, of eighth grade in and of itself. But uh, tough to say I liked the film, but I really appreciated the film, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does make sense. I, I think the thing that I appreciated the most about it is not only how unremarkable Kayla was as an individual. And, and I, mean, I mean that in a kind way, right? I mean, she's just, yep, she's, yep. she's just, she's kind of a wallflower, but... I think what what was great about the film is that kind of everybody was sort of unremarkable. There's there's a scene like at the the school assembly where some teachers have gotten up and, and given a spiel, and the principal keeps like mispronouncing words. You can clear you, you can see clearly see he's not a a comfortable public speaker. Uh, right. there, there's a scene where they're actually at the eighth grade graduation, and you see a teacher sitting on the staircase. It, it, clearly there to supervise the kids and observe the proceedings and he just looks bored to tears and he's just kind of like tapping his soda bottle on the floor and everything about it was unremarkable and even when they go to uh kennedy's pool party i mean it's such a horrifying scene for her because she's coming out in this really unattractive swimsuit i mean (laughs) she looks kind of dowdy but then as you scan the pool and see everybody there yeah there's there's the, you know, hot girls in bikinis, and there's the good-looking guys, and then there's, you know, guys that look kind of gangly and weird, and, and lots more women that do, too. Like, it's not like it's a sea of of gorgeous kids there that are all rich right. and privileged. It's sort of like, yeah, this is eighth grade. Everybody's kind of unremarkable, and, and they all sort of were. So I really appreciated that about it. What's up with every adult in this movie, though, especially those who work with eighth graders for a living being so out of touch with eighth graders, like the, you know, when the, the principal comes out and tries to do like the dap or <laughs> he's like making some, some cheesy references. And it's like, can you really afford to be that grossly out of touch with kids when you work with kids? Like I'm allowed to, cause I don't even have an eighth grader yet. You're not, you're not allowed. Right. Right. Did that strike you as well? Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally and it was agree pervasive. Yes. It was every adult, yes. every adult in this movie looks like a moron. Right. Right. I jotted down one that then I like ended up scratching out a little bit later I wrote, what's up with these high schoolers talking to Kayla and they're, they're, they're calling her like a different generation, right? These high school seniors are about yeah, to graduate. Yeah. They're, they're four, four years, years older. <laughs> and, and it all comes down to, once again, internet technology and what apps she had on her phone. Like, when was she first on Snapchat? Well, it was at such a younger age than they ever were. And so I wrote, what's up with, because it's funny and it's meant to sound ridiculous. And then I thought... But I guess it's kind of true in a way. I mean, like four years is the new 
generational window with technology that we have available to us. That's true. That's true. You know, what? what's Kayla going to be talking about when she's a high school senior? Right. Talking to some eighth grader like, oh, you had such and such when you were in fifth grade? Crazy. Yeah. What's up with the band teacher's rat tail? Mm. Did you see that thing? That was fantastic. I mean, that was another perfect... That was a significant rat tail. Perfect detail for a band teacher. I thought it was great. What's up with how bad that band really was, though? By eighth grade, if you've played an instrument even for a year or two, you've got to be better than that. They they right. might have been the world's worst eighth grade band. Yes. What's up with Kayla is making a list at school of things she wants to accomplish. Again, this is the last week of school. She's sort of surrounded by not necessarily mean girls, but girls and and people who just sort of disregard her. And she's making this list of things she wants to do, like have a hot boyfriend and like seduce Aiden, the the cute kid in class. (laughs) Weren't you totally waiting for that list to get like snatched up or for her to leave (laughs) it on the the table never and got, that become this never got read this yeah. big generic plot point i actually kind of applauded the fact that a i was like what is up with you doing that at school like how dare you you dummy you're gonna clearly that's what's gonna happen next and then it never happened right it never fell into the wrong hands and, never, yeah. and it would be such a cliche thing to have happen instead she just poured her heart out into this notebook because that's the only thing she has to do. She doesn't have anyone to talk to. I think it. this movie avoided cliches at so many places where it could have veered in that direction. The, the Kennedy's cousin, who she ends up befriending at the party, and they have kind of a pseudo date towards the end of the film, I thought was really endearing. It was a really sweet scene. Yes. Again, one that kind of had you like sweating and putting your hands, your head in your hands, because they're just so awkward around one another. Like, He's set out all of the different kinds of dipping sauces for chicken nuggets. Oh, arranged that was such a baller in, move. In, <laughs> I was like, order. what a player. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's <laughs> nailing it. This is great. But, but it, it never got cliche, and I, I really yeah. appreciated that. Same with the high schooler, Olivia, the high school senior whom she befriends on, on high school shadow day. You're thinking, oh, she's going to turn, gonna turn on to be awful. Yes, yes. No, no. she just seems she's really, really genuinely sweet. nice. Yeah. Very friendly. Yeah. 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 Um, what is up with the fact that they have to do... Here's another thing we didn't deal with, like active shooter drills. Yeah, I know. And they're doing the active shooter drill, and that's when she's talking to Aiden about naked pictures on her phone. Right. And it's like she's using an active shooter drill to try and hit on this kid. Right. And I just thought, oh my gosh, like what is up with them having to do this? This is life for an eighth grader today. And is this the time and place? It's getting a little icky. Kayla. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. What's up with the dad never having any lamps on in the house? It does. Like two or three scenes, Kayla comes home and it is like pitch black. And dad's just sitting in the living room on his iPad. It's like a Who sits vampire? in the, like the absolute dark with their <laughs> right. iPad? Right, right. Turn the lamp on somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy, are you ready for five questions? Sure, why not? We've got five listener submitted questions for the film Eighth Grade. Question number one. Despite the R rating, would it be beneficial for parents to watch this movie with their older children? I don't think the I wouldn't want to watch it with my child, but I think having seen it gives me a better perspective of what they're up against. You know, you just combine all the awkwardness of that of my memories of eighth grade, and then you add in the pressures of today. So it is worth seeing as a parent, but I wouldn't want to watch it with my kid. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of at what age that wouldn't feel awkward. Like, I mean, even now, even today, like you posted that blog post about movies not to watch with your mother on Mother's Day, 
And yeah, I mean, any one of those sitting through with either of my parents in the room would feel awful. But this, this with my kid would also feel awful. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, question number two: Elsie Fisher received a lot of positive press in her first starring role as Kayla, but Catherine Olivier was also really, really great as Kennedy. Like, really great. Where can I see more of her? Ooh, that sounds like a really creepy predator type question. I might have just read Am it I that way. Interpreting... It, it might have oh, it might okay. have been written completely different. I might just be just your it natural both. predator yes, intonation yes. came through. Yep, okay, yep. okay. <laughs> I don't know what else she's in. She she was a newcomer to me. I, all right. Okay. Uh, question number three: <laughs> Why is the school giving out a most quiet award? I know that that seemed like an odd plot point. Yeah, and, um, and, like most forgettable. Jumping, like who does that? Jumping back to what's up with what's up with her congratulating like the best dressed and best eyes as they're leaving the room by saying like great job like hey great job on your eyes like you know that's <laughs> that's totally the wrong compliment to pay them and right. it didn't even right. make sense. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. poor, poor Kayla. <laughs> Question number four: What is social media doing to our children? It's a lot to unpack messing right there. Them up, messing us all up. You talked about it earlier, this need to curate your life and to have a brand and to, like, put out, like, the fake awesome life online, even though your personal life is not that great. It's like this weird, humble bragging awfulness. I think it's just we should all just get off social media for for everything except for promoting our podcasts, (laughs) which everyone should just continue to share and And like and give us a good review on iTunes. Yeah. Watch her to do those videos, hit a little close to right. home. But now right, that right, now right. that we've gotten the question, there, I didn't bring, there's there's two things I didn't bring up. If there is ever a point in my life when my daughter is at the dinner table and I'm the only other guest at the dinner table and she has her earbuds in and is doing something on her phone, I will throw that phone into a fire. Like that 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 will. <laughs> There won't even be a hesitation. It's just gone. You will never use that phone again. Now Into people a fire. Now, That's great. Now people can't get a hold of you. Final question. My four-year-old daughter loves bananas. Does this give her a head start come middle school? Dude. It's not my question. Dude, that one's just... Like, it's never okay. This last question, somehow, listeners, you always come up with something awful. But no, this is not okay. It's just I will a not way to that with a get response. us on audio saying something that will prevent us from ever running for president. Right, yeah. right, right. All no right. political office yeah. will ever have either of us. <laughs> and that's five questions. Well, well, thank you, listeners. Thanks for the questions. Uh, so eighth grade, you liked it. I liked it. I guess I would I would describe it very similarly to what you did in, in that it's a movie that I appreciated found it you know i was squirming in my seat for a good chunk of it and certainly happy to get out into the daylight afterwards but it's so much to like about it the acting is impressive the writing is funny and touching and uh it it paints a picture of youth in america today that will probably look totally different if made 10 years from now well, and I think you had, just to close on that point, I think you had a good one. In the movie, a time capsule features prominently, and I did think, what are kids 10 or 15 years from now going to think watching this movie yeah. as a time capsule, thinking, that's what eighth grade was like back then. You know, now we're dealing with all this craziness. Or, 
uh, you know, things are, you know, the pressures are the same, but experienced in a totally different light. Right. So I do think if nothing else, it serves as a great time capsule to this, this place in time for eighth graders. So that was eighth grade. And uh, I look forward to discussing our next episode, which is going to be a uh, the movie Annihilation with Natalie Portman, which is available most streaming platforms. You can rent it on iTunes or Amazon. This is a movie that came out earlier this year to great critical acclaim and almost no box office. So we're going to check this out and figure out what the hell happened here. All right. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.